All right. Well, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. I'm your host, and uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, if you're watching live on LinkedIn, thank you so much for making us part of your workday. Really happy to have you here. If you're listening or watching on demand, either on LinkedIn or through our podcast feed, thank you very much for watching, for subscribing, for downloading. Uh, you can catch every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future, always available on demand at salespipelineradio.com. I think we're somewhere north of 300 episodes now, but doing this for a little while and having a lot of fun with it as well. We're always featuring some of the best and brightest minds in uh, sales and marketing today. Very excited to have the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell, joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Doug, thanks for thanks for being here. I am so happy to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. So we recently worked together, our teams worked together on sort of the latest iteration of this state of lead, um, lead management um, research. And it was something that, you know, your team did in 2017. So here we are four to five years later. Um, and, you know, without, you know, giving away the headline here, you would think that things would have progressed a little better in five years related to lead management and what people are doing with those leads once they generate them. But unfortunately, um, based on what we saw, it didn't seem like it's gotten a lot better. You know, there's good and bad news in that, right, Matt? The, the good news is there's lots of headroom for people to improve, right? I think one of the stats that jumped out to me from the state lead management, by the way, the report, um, thanks to the support of uh, Matt Hines Marketing and Sales Hacker had 1,700 responses. So a really robust data set, right? So everything I'm about ready to say is true just based on that data set, right? The size of the data set. But one of the things that stood out to me was about half of those companies are struggling with growth. Probably not a shock. The other thing that did stand out to me, though, is, is what you just referred to. Less than 10% of companies actually have a lead management system in place. Most are using Salesforce or some form of Apex coding or Marketo or some other system to manage their lead flow. I've started to refer to this as the messy middle because a lot of companies invest a lot of time and effort in demand generation, getting the demand created in the first place. And many companies increasingly have a more robust sales enablement program that sort of helps the sales team mostly focused on once an opportunity has been created. So it's really the active sales process, tools, content, processes. You've got this messy middle that once a lead is generated, like where does it go? Who does it go to? What follow-up happens? Is it the right person? And the bigger deals the deals are you're working, the more you have to focus on doing that the right way. Buying committee members, multiple people inside an organization, it's great news if multiple people in a company are showing interest in your product or downloading your stuff. It's bad news if you now take those and send them to round-robin them to multiple different sales reps or send it to someone that doesn't have the relationship with the account. And that's that's one of many examples of this messy middle that, yeah, it seems like a lot of companies still don't have a very firm firm grasp on. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's the messy middle. I also think that maybe we're stepping outside of the report a little bit here, but I would also speculate and say there's a focus issue, which quite often is the end, the beginning, the Omicron, the, the you know, the Z is the lead. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then why is it that we're treating it so poorly, right? That's the messy middle. If the lead is so important, why is it mistreated, right? And so other stats I'd pull out and mention um, were that most people felt like their response times were good, above mm -hmm. average, if you will, right? And that's great. But then 60%, I think the number was 60%, 57%, Matt said, but it's going to the wrong person. Right. Right. So if this messy middle and this lead is so important, and we think our response times are great, but it's going to the wrong person. That's clearly messy middle. What is that? Why are we why are we allowing that to happen? There's been so much focus on lead follow-up rates. And honestly, I think the follow-up time is 
overrated. Um, if if I'm asking for a demo or asking for someone to follow up with me, like by all means, you follow up with them right away. If someone has exhibited some intent signals or attended a webinar or downloaded a white paper, I mean, from a from a prospect standpoint, like my transaction's over. I gave you my contact information or I downloaded whatever and I got what I wanted. And so calling within one minute or five minutes or 10 minutes, I think is a lot less important than who does that follow up and what's the message in that follow up. So um, in, in, a, in an industry where we're, you know, I think sales teams pride themselves on like getting back to someone right away. If that person doesn't have the relationship or the context of what's happened with that company, with that account in the past, it may not just all be all known for not, it might be counterproductive. I, I, yeah, let's let's take that, right, Matt? Let's take that. Let's let's take that uh, that paradigm, right? The paradigm is that they who follow up on the lead the fastest wins. Mm -hmm. What if it's not about speed delayed? What if it's about they who create the most compelling experience in that interaction wins? Correct. And and how does that change your perspective as a marketing leader, as a DG leader, as a sales leader? on that interaction. I think it is. I agree. It's important. It's important that the prospect feels like they're having the appropriate level of content based on the activity. And you're right. If somebody's like raising their hand going, I, I want a demo, get on it right away. What's the experience? Yeah. Make sure they get scheduled for the demo and then make right. sure the demo is awesome. But what if somebody downloads as an example, Matt, they go and they download the state of lead management report. Mm -hmm. What does that say? Well, that says that that person feels like they can learn from others or they feel like they potentially have a problem. Yeah. So, Somebody downloads the report, what should our reaction to be? It should be one where you say, hey, how can we help as opposed to would you like to buy? And that's like a minor kind of snippet or look into what a compelling experience might buy, just changing that dynamic slightly. So it's interesting we sort of kind of focusing on this, the the, the word experience, because we intentionally called this like state of lead management. It's what you called it five years ago. Most people think about like, what's my lead management strategy? And people, when they think about lead management, they think about things like, routing like who's going to get this lead they think about the process of like what happens like when you get that what's your follow-up process how is that tracked but if we just change that one word from management to experience and what is the prospect's experience as part of this like if you were if you're exploring a large potential purchase that is a months if not quarter long sales process how fast you follow up on a Tuesday is less important than the experience you create with that prospect and with that account. And so investing then in that experience, not only like who are they going to go to, what message are they going to have? What pieces of the puzzle is your sales team going to put together for the prospect? I mean, it could be that someone downloaded that report because they know they have a problem. They don't need to fix things. And you could say, hey, you know, I, I just looked in our system. There's a couple other people that I talked to a month ago that also, did you know they're also exploring this problem? I mean, part of our job as sellers in these complex deals is to build consensus with the internal buying committee. And if you can connect those people together, if you can connect the dots with them for them, that can be a real accelerator of reaching consensus and a commitment to change internally. I think we just created, I agree. Matt, and I think we just created a new metric, right? A new leaning indicator, which is how do we measure the experience of the person on the other end of that lead, if you will? Uh, yeah. And if we're saying that our experiences are getting better and better, I have a feeling conversions are going to go up. And I have a feeling that person's going to come back. Maybe that's not the moment they really need your help, yeah. but they're going to come back if they feel like, yeah, it's a good experience. The organization I feel like that that does this really well uh, is Gong.io as an example. I, I feel like having shopped for their software a couple of times, I feel like they get that, right? They get the 
This is about creating an impression with a first contact. It's like the Hilton uh, way back when, uh, you know, a thousand points of not light. What was it? A thousand points of perfection, like every little detail thought through. God help us if we create another acronym out of this, the experience qualified <laughs> lead. Um, not our goal here, um, but I think the, 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 this is a fascinating topic. We're talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Doug Bell. He's the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer at Lean Data. Um, and, you know, I know so many companies that, so we had, a, we did this CMO uh, retreat in Austin in December. And at one point, so we went around the room, there's only about 125, so it went pretty quick, but at, what, say, what's your technology secret weapon? And uh, the, the, the most mentioned, I'm not, I'm not just saying this to sort of blow smoke. The most mentioned tool was lean data saying like this, I cannot, I will not operate without this tool in my marketing technology stack. And yet when we asked the question, on LinkedIn recently, and we sort of asked it to a LinkedIn community sort of in parallel with what we did on the in the survey. We said, like, you know, please evaluate the effectiveness of your lead routing. There was a high percent of people, and I was high percent meaning like, you know, it was 30 or something that said, like, our process is fine. And yet, if you looked at the comments, there were some people in marketing operations that said they were calling bullshit on that, saying, like, right. I don't think you understand what effective, what adequate is. So is there a gap? that exists between people that say like, no, we've solved this problem and, and the, the experience that your leads need and deserve that can actually help move those deals forward. Absolutely. And, and here, here's subject after your own heart, Matt. I mean, I think it starts and we saw this in the survey as well, right? Mm -hmm. Only 20 something percent of folks felt like sales and marketing were well aligned. It begins there. It starts there. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that to me, if you, if you unpack that, there's a bunch, there's a bunch more in there, right? That's not in the survey, but I think we know from our experiences, leaders for a long time, that misalignment is not just people and processes, it all could also could be data. And for me, the the kind of the telltale side of that is that you've got half the organization going, our response time is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then the other half is going, and it goes to the wrong rep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that's a little bit of what you've tapped into there with that mini survey piece. The other piece I'd point to is that um, there is a reckoning coming and the term I would use is growth winners, right? And we're seeing them out there. I, 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 I love Gong. I'll have to admit, I really <laughs> like what they do, but I would call them a growth winner, right? Four years ago, when I first purchased their software, they were less than 20 million in rev. They're a unicorn, right? And what did they figure out? They figured out the messy middle is where you went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about this about this gap, right? These people, the, the, and, and we see this a lot now, where when the rise of sort of there's more and more tech tools get bought to support the sales and marketing processes. And as we say, uh, you know, we've had marketing ops for a long time, and then there's a growth of sales ops, and now we've got these rev ops teams that are sort of stitching it all together and trying to also figure out sort of customer management as part of that as well. It, it's it, it's a little dangerous when you start to see those organizations sort of just check the box on certain features and say we're done right put the plumbing in place and saying like yeah we know that leads get distributed around and we're working on speed but they at least get to someone and there's a follow-up rate that's just adequate right if you're just looking at speed to distribution if you're just saying like leads all show up somewhere and leads get effectively followed up and there's enough and, and they're and the reps are doing the follow-up a lot of companies that's where they stop they're looking at those metrics and so if you're looking at if you're saying are we are effective at lead routing because we have checked those boxes but if you're not thinking about the difference between lead lead routing and lead matching 
the effective rate of the lead matching. And it's not just did the rep follow up and follow their follow-up sequence, but like look very carefully, like what happens with that lead afterward, right? Are those leads moving forward? Are you matching and routing to create the experience that is giving those leads an opportunity to understand the problem better, to build that internal context and consensus? Now, this is doing that is going to be a lot harder for some organizations to do. Some poor guy or gal in marketing ops may have a trouble doing that. But I would also argue that every department in the organization, marketing ops, revenue ops, like if you're not thinking about the business metric behind the routing, it's not about like routing success and conversion rate. It's about what happens after that. That's the metric you look for that hopefully starts to help people see that the status quo is no longer and maybe never was adequate. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really good way to look at it. I also think we could just be we could go back to our Cato Institute uh, you know roots and just say let's let's let happen what's going to happen, which is the market forces will ultimately determine the winners and losers. If you're not able to recognize it's not just about lead capture, it's about the ability to create that experience, but also the ability to be effective in making sure it makes it the right person to create that compelling experience. Right. You've already lost. You're losing. Sorry. This is not meant to be the uh, conversation where we scare people, Matt. Let's do some happy, happy instead. Right. But I would say, like, if you're not paying attention to this stuff, by the way, only 10 percent of the market has an effective lead management solution. You've got some headroom here, folks, to make improvements. Well, I don't mind a little bit of a wake up call. I mean, I, I think, like I said, I think, you know, oftentimes like MarTech and RevTech and you know, these tools have become so complex that sometimes you sort of have to say, this is fine. This is fine. This is on fire. I have to go focus over here. Right. And things that are fine may not get your attention as much but i think you bring up a good point like there's enough companies that are now doing this better thanks to account-based efforts thanks to looking at leads that aren't just individual leads but thinking about those in context of where those people work and who else they work with and knowing that in a competitive market if you're if you're pro if your competitors are connecting the dots and you're not then you know i think there's an opportunity there's a, there's a real challenge there that said all this said let's go to the positive side of this i mean yeah. the the advantage of doing this and and i think we do and focusing on solving this problem is is has such high leverage for organizations that will do it we're seeing a higher percent of money being spent on martech and RevTech and, and an increasingly lower percent on media as companies realize that like we have the com we have the relationships we have the contacts we have the content we have the tools that are engaging these prospects our efforts are better put on connecting the dots on the back end to make sure we're having the right conversation with the right people at the right time and the incremental cost i mean we're seeing marketing budgets go down martech budgets go up and impact on marketing impact on revenue increasing as well so we're in this sort of golden age of what RevTech can do for companies. I think for many companies, we're just we're we're just we're just hitting the top of the iceberg here. I do. I agree. I'd also say, and, and so you know, we were we were scolds there for a moment, trying to warn those who are not paying attention to the messy middle. Let let's let's look inward for a moment if we can, and let's let's admit to some things. The first is, I agree. There's been, I mean, if you look at the number of unicorns being turned out of sales tech right now, it's just insane, right? It, it's like fintech. Be warned. Sales tech is producing all these uh, all these folks, and what that looks like for me, that's sort of an indicator. You know, follow the money, if you will. And if you think about the investors, they're they're basically productivity. They're playing productivity arbitrage. Their job is to put the money where the productivity gaps are, right? So they're pushing money into sales tech right now. And I think there's been so much consumption by RevOps leaders of of this new software. And I think they're standing back and they're going, 
what have I got? <laughs> like, I've got this, I've got this stack. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that stack is working well together. And and one of the one of the things I'll point to in the state of living management survey, which should be called, you're right, the state of experience management survey. <laughs> one of the things I point to in there is that, you know, the number one, um, the number one priority was insufficient pipeline shock. Half of people are having trouble with growth. The number two is a lack of automation. And then if you looked at, you dig a bit deeper and you look at, well, what are people's priorities for the year? Of course, number one was I'm going to grow a pipeline, mm-hmm. right? But w- what was dead last? It was investing in your tech stack. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's really interesting because what that says is, first of all, we've got, a, we, you know, look, we're populated by really smart, talented people. We, we get mm-hmm. to sell to and work with these incredibly talented people who know what they're doing. And so what are they saying back to us? They're saying, I know how to lift this. I'm going to improve my automation because I'm struggling to hire people. And I know I can win through automation. And then what are they saying at the same time is I'm not, I'm not looking to buy more stuff. Yeah. Right. So out to the, so to look inward to the industry, I'd say, think about how your software supports other software. It is you, it is not just you. Where do you fit overall? And are you helping lift? Or are you just yet another tool in the stack? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I, I you know, I think, a lot of the change, a lot of the improvements we're seeing in B2B marketing going from just, you know, pure volume of leads to sort of identifying and going after the right accounts. Um, the the increased complexity of getting sales and marketing teams to work together like these, this is all forward progress. It all requires a level of change management and culture change acceptance within organizations, you know demand programs sometimes can be sexy like doing events can be sexy like buying and seeing your name on a billboard and at a conference can be sexy like martech isn't always sexy it's probably why it's at the bottom of the list is sort of it's the checkbox it's like okay we have to do it but if instead of seeing this as sort of like a table stakes and the least important things like the the tools that are available and, the, and to your point like that you when you can combine tools together that stitch together a better internal and external experience for your sales team and for your prospects it enables the sexy, like what's sexier than sort of creating and maintaining that momentum, connecting the dots for a prospect, having a more meaningful conversation that your prospect says, not only do you understand what's going on in the context of my account, but you've given me insights about my very own company that can help me make better decisions and improve what I'm doing. So that, that tie together. And again, I think some of this is sort of, it's, it's, it's up, it's up to us as vendors and as consultants to make sure people see the forest for the trees and see the sexy that comes out of this level of investment, not only in throughput of pipeline, but quite honestly, in quite in a more efficient utilization of marketing resources. I couldn't agree more, Matt. And, and I think that it's really, I agree. I think it's up to, it's up to the, frankly, it's up to the people that are pushing the envelope. It's up to the Matt Hineses of the world that are, are kind of proselytizing this, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the software vendors are going to be pushing out the software that meets some very specific needs. They're not always going to look at that total picture. So Matt, really, it's up to you. You're, you're going to be the Jesus of change here, my friend. Damn it. No pressure. Well, uh, on that <laughs> note, uh, we can wrap up this episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Uh, was really thrilled to work with you guys on this. I think this, you know, this is this is definitely something we're spending more time talking about in the market, talking with our clients about, you know, using the technology that's available to create better experiences for your sales team, for your prospects. Uh, this is and I hate to, you know, this is separating winners from losers right now. This is a prescient moment in the industry from an investment standpoint um, to do this well and to create what we have now coined the lead experience. Uh, Doug Bell, CMO, Chief Marketing Officer at Lean Data. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. 
Thank you, everyone, uh, for being part of this, for joining, for listening. We'll be here again next week, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Thanks for watching and listening. This has been another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio.